I can intro it in. I can intro us in. Yeah, I want. got to intro last time, and I don't think I did a good job. <laughs> well, we so, didn't have a name last time. So. We have a name now. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Yeah, no. Uh, 100% credit goes to you for that. Yes. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is um, this is the second episode of Man Bites Dogma. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just exploring anything that we can explore thought as thoughtfully as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, things that we, uh, subjects that we feel matter to us uh, mm-hmm. as as um, Alec and Omid, <laughs> yeah. individuals that we are. And, um, you know, the last subject that we talked about, um, I think, got a lot of positive feedback. Mm-hmm. We got some people just being like, oh, man, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I'd love to talk to you more about these things. Yeah. Like, I know in your DMs, you're getting a lot of people. Yeah, my DMs started to mm-hmm. really blow up just from people in my circle that even some that I haven't talked to in years, just like, Yeah, hey, reaching out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, with that said, it'd be nice to continue that trend, um, talk about the things we like to talk about, uh, but kind of do deep dives as best as we can from right. our experience and our, our limited knowledge. Like mm-hmm. we're not experts by any means on these things, but we do talk about them a lot. So we're like, let's just record it. And, right. you know, when we do, when we have talked about these things before um, in the presence of others, uh, we usually get a lot of interest, even at restaurants. I know like people yep. will turn to us and, you know, even uh, start adding their own opinions to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to like bottle this up and put it in a form that more people can interact exactly. with it. Yeah. Uh, Broaden that conversation. Yeah. So this week or this uh, podcast episode, cause we don't know if we're going to do this that Weekly. often. Yeah. We uh, have no idea of what schedule we, yeah. we're doing yet. I think we're going to try to aim for once a month, if not twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're, it's so young and so new. We don't know. Um, but that being said, this episode, um, you want to kind of get into what we're going to sure explore um, here. Yeah. This, this, I, I thought of this topic mainly because uh, one, uh, Fourth of July recently happened, so a lot of people tend to reflect on uh, Americans. Anyway, tend to reflect on the concept of America mm-hmm. on Fourth of July. It's mm-hmm. celebrating its independence, um, and then on top of that, as our last episode uh, kind of showcased a bit, uh, there's a lot of controversy going on right now. Not just with you know our justice system, but even like you know everybody's talking about the pandemic. Um, and how America is handling that, how we as a nation are handling that. And I find that a lot of these con- like these conversations that we're having, these controversies, uh, are similar in the sense that like what they're actually, without doing it directly, they're getting at the heart of like these, these complications, these nuances are caused from something that is unique in the philosophy and value system of America compared to other countries and other nations that have come before it. Mm-hmm. or that currently exist, for instance. Um, and so, for instance, in, in reference to the pandemic, since that's one we haven't talked about in detail, um, a lot of what I'm seeing is, you know, criticism of the, and justified criticism, mind you, of the, uh, the contraction rates, the death rates, all of those things, and how people are feeling that this situation is being mishandled by our authorities. And whether you apply that to states or the presidential administration, it kind of doesn't matter. There is this uh, general tenor of disappointment, unrest to some degree of how this is being handled. And they're laying it at the feet of individual people because that's usually just how our rhetoric goes. But I actually feel like a lot of this, the, this, this particular situation and how it is played out has a lot more to do with the values and of of our country, <laughs> and 
and how it was formed than anything else. Um, and this is something that, uh, I guess, from my perspective, is kind of like it's a natural. It's one of those few instances where having a a lean towards freedom and liberty and the division of power does have some drawbacks. And the question for me that I've been pondering um, lately is, are those drawbacks worth it? Mm. Right? Like, how do we balance this this out? Do we want to forego some of these liberties in order to not experience this drawback? Mm. Or are, are we going to consider these acceptable losses? Right. Um, and... Okay, that, so just to yeah, lay the groundwork. Um, so from my perspective, America was founded on these ideals of freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, basically the freedom uh, to pursue your own happiness, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and those ideals that um, were supposedly like created for all man, even though mm-hmm. that wasn't the case initially, um, those ideals basically have... Uh, cause this trajectory uh into the present from that time period to the mm-hmm. present that um basically has peppered uh what our culture is like as an american culture i know it's a, a mix of many 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 individuals and many many cultures and backgrounds and histories and everything um but one thing that kind of unites us all is that we are all in america and we have these certain rights mm-hmm. um that have come from this uh the, the founding of the united states essentially mm-hmm. Um, when those are the freedom to uh, say what you need to say, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, the freedom to practice the religion that, uh, you feel is best suited for your needs. Um, the freedom to pursue a business, uh, the freedom to pursue happiness, I guess is, you know, kind of falls in line with that. Which in context of when it was written was mostly talking about property and land ownership, Mm -hmm. like just having things that you own that the government should not be able to take from you. Right. Yeah. It's because they're coming from a system where, mm-hmm. you know, it's a monarchy where they, you know, everything you do is in service to the monarchy, making mm-hmm. sure that that is uh, running smoothly as possible. And uh, whatever you say. Yeah, exactly. To them. <laughs> smoothly. Whatever you say, uh, you know, if you say something against them, if you uh, don't pay your taxes or, or anything. I mean, that still holds true. <laughs> yeah, you still got to pay your taxes. You got to pay your taxes. <laughs> um, but I mean, you couldn't say anything against them. You, uh, you know. It was a different kind of world uh, or mm-hmm. government that a lot of people weren't too happy about because they couldn't, they didn't feel the freedom to be able to express what they wanted to express, to pursue what they wanted to pursue. They were kind of just, you know, you are of the monarchy and you must do these things and here's a tax that's unjust and you don't get representation. Or I mean, even, that, yeah. even in a prosperous nation at the time like Great Britain, you were still at the end of the day in terms of what your legal rights and and liberties were you were a serf Mm -hmm. like either you were nobility and aristocrat or you were a serf it was serfdom Mm -hmm. and so you know there was and obviously when you uh put a giant ocean between the people and the people that the the populace and the people that govern it it becomes harder to maintain Mm -hmm. serfdom yeah and so these ideas start to arise of like well wait why Why do we we doing why are we doing this why why is this a thing we we have the means to govern ourselves um we have the people we have the product like that was Mm -hmm. the main thing that they had yeah um uh, they had uh, an an economy that would sustain a country Mm -hmm. you know um let alone another country from afar so right they uh they felt that they had the um 
I guess Ashley's home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. They had the um, impetus. And is that the right word? Impotence? Imp- that's impetus. not the right word impetus <laughs> not impotence yeah no america had the impotence guys um i mean I'm some just, might claim that now <laughs> from impetus to impotence <laughs> wow that little i'll hold yep yep just creaky floorboards yeah wow. we could we could start doing you want to do like a it's a rental <laughs> oh yeah um well but basically what i'm getting at is like that's the kind of the groundwork of what mm-hmm. the country as we know today as America kind of stems from in terms of the, uh, what we find, what, what our values are uh, that we all share ideally our mythos, our mythos as a a country. I'm not saying that everyone agrees or not, but that everyone comes from that background because it it definitely wasn't equal at that start. But it is undeniable that those, that mythos permeates every aspect of our discourse, whether or not we realize it Mm -hmm. or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we even stem people, from it too, right? Even people that are highly critical and and groups that are highly critical of America, or even like any of the economic systems, like mm-hmm. every what it, what I find interesting is that despite the fact that somebody, for instance, may be a Marxist, which philosophically is somewhat diametrically opposed to a a liberated society, a, a liberal society, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, they like even when I hear a staunch Marxist make an argument against America, they're making it using values that stem from the American mythos, which mm-hmm. I find curious. But So are you trying to explore the idea of um, if America, the mythos that it comes from and the ideals and the values that um, it, exp- it it talks about and it, and it kind of exports to everyone, mm-hmm. um, whether those uh, are wrong in, them, in and of themselves right. or can they be not be maybe not perfected, but like how we value them and how mm-hmm. we use them, mm-hmm. their tools, essentially yes. how we can use them as tools to create a more perfect union, as I say, yeah. uh, or to create a more perfect society using those so that we can, because we're not perfect as people, mm-hmm. but we can use these tools and these, and this kind of groundwork that's given right. to create a better society, right. um, work towards a more equal society, work towards, things things that work for more people or even if if it's worth continuing down this road using this mythos or using these values like because that's the real question that i see being raised is like Mm -hmm. we want to change we want to change the foundation of what is happening here and it's like okay but you have to you have decided and i don't know there because nobody's actually talking about this specific subject hence why i'm bringing it up but Mm -hmm. like what's essentially what i'm seeing is people are going without realizing it they are saying in a lot of cases that they want to chip away at the foundational values that this country was constructed on, which itself is an indictment against those values. Okay. So that's where you're and coming from. And so it's from. like, okay. from the American experiment as a whole, do we feel, first of all, has it been successful? Like, that's the first question. Whether if like whether we change things about it, okay. we have to determine if it's successful. Because some people not, right now right. are questioning if it's successful. Right. And they're saying we should change it up. So, right. Our goal here is to talk through, has it been successful? Mm-hmm. And to explore what that means. Mm-hmm. And maybe even come up with an answer from our own Perspective, limited perspectives. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, that's fascinating. Uh, I like where this is going. So, okay. I just want to make sure I was on the same page with yep. you. And, uh, and it's good for them, too, because I can just yes. start to ramble. It's something me and Hamilton share. <laughs> uh, so, um, Hamilton now on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Disney's going to totally copyright strike this now. 
Um, uh, strike that from the record. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, I can jump into my perspective, but like, I'm more than happy well, to. Yeah, I only, I yeah. only stopped you just because I wanted to make sure that, yeah. um, I mean, I'm going to represent people who are just kind of listening to you at this point mm-hmm. because I want to hear what your perspective is, but right. I just want to make sure we have that groundwork laid down before you get into it Right. about what are you, what are your thoughts? Cause I think you're going to kind of talk about like, um, movements such as i mean i don't even know if it's a, like one movement in and of it's itself <laughs> but like blm right now uh mm-hmm. is talking about what you just mentioned about mm-hmm. like you know let's let's take down um what this means like what that american ideal is what is like they're just kind of questioning it right now mm-hmm. um and a lot of the con- a lot of similar groups are talking about that too um so the goal here is to kind of think about okay what does that mean mm-hmm. um what is this american ideal um and is it working? So, right, right, yeah, yeah. I think we just go for it. Okay. Um, so, and I and I worded that I worded it specifically that way. Um, the American experiment, because I think that that's a, I guess, the most um, logical, detached way I could probably address it, and it gives me a good framework to think it through. So, every experiment scientifically has to have a hypothesis. So, the hypothesis. Um, and I think the best indication of a hypothesis that I can find from our mythos, from our history, is the preamble to the Constitution. Because mm-hmm. the Constitution is really the distillation of these values into specific categories. Like, these amendments all speak to what it means to construct a government and a society off of these ideas of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and the g- consent of the governed, which was a big, big portion of it, because that's pretty much your answer to serfdom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the preamble, I don't know if you want, I, if I can, I can be more accurate by pulling it up, but, um, I mean, if you need to pull it sure, up, I, I'll, I'll whip it out real quick. So I can't, over there. my phone's over there. So I won't whip it out real quick. Never mind. Strike that from the record. Someone's going to use that clip against <laughs> us, by the way. <laughs> I'll whip it out real quick. Right. Actually, I won't whip it out real quick. He's, he's flip floppy. He can't make up his mind. Um, that's not where I was going, but okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the the preamble, and I'm going to not directly quote it, so forgive me. Um, okay, well, how do you feel? Uh, what is the essence of the preamble? Well, it's, it's to form a more perfect union, to provide for justice, and I forget the third one, but... Like I'm, I'm pointing directly at the more perfect union. Mm-hmm. So the idea of this was like to use these values, to use this application and and these guidelines and these inalienable rights as as they saw them, as the as the foundation to create something that they saw was more perfect. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I find interesting about that is that that's carefully worded because it's not perfect. They they had no disillusion about. The, the fact that, or no delusion, rather, that uh, that what they were doing was going to be the best thing that they could possibly, that could possibly exist, mm-hmm. right? Which is part of the reason why in the, you know, in, in how they structured the Constitution and the American government and, and the division of powers, it allotted for things to change. Mm-hmm. It allotted for things to adapt. Because mm-hmm. um, they didn't, they weren't going to get it right the first time. And they did not get it right the first time. No. All men are created equal. Hashtag not really. You know. Which, you know, came through in another amendment mm-hmm. to that said constitution. Like, yep. and what's interesting about in, that is they were the, having, 
an argument about that when the Constitution was written mm-hmm. about whether that applied to slavery, and they were it, they were split on that. Um, so there were definitely men even back then that were looking at it and like like the groundwork was laid for the Thirteenth Amendment mm-hmm. already. Because the men that wrote them, especially if you're looking at the Federalist Papers, like Hamilton was actually really big on this. He Mm -hmm. he was very anti-slavery. And so, like, you know, those liberties had to apply. The the idea of all men are created equal had to apply Mm -hmm. to these men as well, to to black people, to who they were enslaving at the moment. And so, even though we can acknowledge that, for instance, if you're going to take... You know, a lot of the criticism, especially the historical criticisms of the BLM right now and them tearing down statues, some of which I'm actually totally fine with. It's more of how we do it. But um, because, yeah, do we need to have Confederate statues up all over the place? Not necessarily. No, they lost. Yeah. (laughs) That is how history is usually written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, put them in museums, allow us to remember that these things happen. Yeah, never forget that it happened, right. but don't glorify it. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a lot of those statues were also not put up at the time of the Civil War. Right. They were put up more recently, like yeah. during as an answer to the Civil Rights Movement. Like, <sighs> I think those can come yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, no. for sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's also just like we have a process for how everything else is done. If you like the, the other thing that the founding fathers and and thinkers of of that time period were careful about was they also knew that liberties came with responsibilities that liberties also came with certain reasonable what they would consider to be reasonable restrictions and so even though a if you're going purely off of the value of liberty right it makes sense for a group of people who are in the right let's say in the case of the statues they're in the right morally um, of that these statues should be taken down. Some of them, at least. We can argue about particulars, but the ones that we agree on, they can be taken down. Is that decided simply because a large enough group of people are adamant about it enough to take it down themselves? Like, is that how you do it? Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a truly free, liberated people, the argument is yes. Mm-hmm. You should be able to take down whatever you want because that's mm-hmm. what liberty means, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolute free range. Sure. Right, yeah. yeah. But... Does that create a more perfect union? Because mm-hmm. see, that's that's the thing where I feel like you have to couple these values with the intent of forming this particular type of government, these these sorts of ideals. And so, does having absolute liberty actually help perform a more perfect union? And honestly, that was uh, I. I was recently I'm, I've been recently re-listening to um, audiobook versions of the Federalist Papers while I drive mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me that uh, like what the first 10 essays could you just before you get into it too much sure. talk about what those are sure sure so the Federalist Papers were um, a series of essays I think it's like 75 um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a series of essays because when when the United States Constitution was first formed by the first Congress um, there was a lot of argument about uh, whether or not the Constitution one should be adopted by all of the all of the colonies and states at that point, uh, all of the states, or and the one of the foundational arguments was whether or not the states themselves should be one union or broken mm-hmm. up into multiple confederacies or just be independent states. And so, 
what's interesting about that is like literally the first like even though some of the ones that are more more often cited have to apply to specific like amendments mm-hmm. um and uh and those are really interesting to read but what i thought was interesting when i was re-listening to these because it's been some time since i've read them uh oh sorry i i'm jumping again the essays themselves, my bad. The essays themselves were written in defense of said constitution. That's what they were about. So it was a Got series it. of essays that were defending the constitution against its detractors at the time. Okay. And making a case for why it needed to, like, why that constitution needed to be ratified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first, like, 10 are completely focused on whether or not the states should be a union. Or separate confederacies or whatever. And I think that the arguments laid in for why individual states should be a union are similar, if not the almost exactly the same reasons why not allowing complete and absolute liberty to where you want something, you can do it kind of thing applies. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like most people, I feel like most people can, can agree with can agree with that sentiment in general because it just depends on how what example you choose but um the the argument in the federalist papers for the states being a union and not separate entities is simply that you are more susceptible to both outside and well in the case of states they were the 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 core argument was that it makes you weaker overall to be separated Mm -hmm. right um and so from foreign interests you are a much harder force to bear. But the other argument was that harder force to bear if you're a union. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the, uh, the other thing was, is that if you're separated, if you're different confederacies or just separate States entirely, people are people. Divisions arise. Jealousy comes in spitefulness, like to assume that people are always going to be good actors is to be incredibly naive. And so, they're almost the one of the most compelling arguments in there is that they are more of a danger to each other than any foreign nation would be should they separate because those divisions will naturally arise you can't assume that they will stay allies especially when you're looking at the history of europe which they used as part of their case like Mm -hmm. europeans all lived together for thousands of years and And when you're saying individuals you're talking about individual states right okay so the states that are bordering each other one might get a little bit you know overzealous and start mm-hmm. pushing in and like no i'll claim a little bit more of this more like like what we see with countries essentially right. essentially that, that yeah. could boil down to that at some point in the future right and mm-hmm. so it, and it inevitably fractures what they have sought they have fought you know so hard to achieve mm-hmm. and will kill it in its infancy because they will devolve into infighting and then also that infighting will make them more uh, appealing targets to foreign interest right so this is a case made for having that federal union essentially that mm-hmm. oversees the states correct uh states are still separate but they are separate in an in a union together in, in an like, umbrella they are together right in the fact that they are all part of one nation but and they I, are separate in the fact that they are their own unique i guess it's all states yeah, yeah. States and i feel like being. that's inherent in the argument about individualism see individualism although very incredibly valuable and i know is one of the things that is focused on in our history when we when we recount american history mm-hmm. it's it's a big focus on individualism because that is something that was unique for america in that time period oh for the world well yeah yeah for the world yeah, yeah that's I was, what i meant unique for the world yes um unique to america unique for the world mm-hmm. um 
And so I feel like that individualistic mindset, like especially like uh, you go to other countries such as like Japan or even China, like they have a much more communal philosophy. Yeah. Like they are a nation first Mm -hmm. in a lot of in more cases than they are individuals first right the individual serves the interests of the entire nation right and that has its pluses and minuses too i mean for sure Uh, we can talk about that later but that seems to be a key difference between how the united states has handled the coronavirus versus oh nations like that yes and that's exactly why Mm -hmm. i wanted to talk about this for sure that comparison yeah Yeah. like what does that mean Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so i'm my mike my wonder is is some of this, some of what we're seeing now in this division, like it's very clear that even from how they were talking about states versus a union, that that argument applies to individual people too, with any government, Mm -hmm. any community, even it doesn't, you don't have to call it a government. Any community requires some abdication of individualism in order for the community to thrive. Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's about balancing out where those, where those lines are like, how much of like the I, for me and this could be just because i was raised with the mythos of america mm-hmm. for me the the equation the the goal is to give up as many individual liberties as you can or give up as little sorry it's yes. few it's few mm-hmm. individual liberties as you can in order to achieve the most communal good mm-hmm. right and that seems to be the reverse way of thinking for so many nations in history and so many nations that currently exist. Um, and so, and even, you know, some of the people that, you know, criticize what's happening right now. Right. In, in, with the pandemic, with police, with all of those things. Yeah. They all um, kind of serve hand in hand and together. Cause right. it's all part of that same system and how it's operating. And so, um, the question is, does leaning on the side of individual liberties, form a more perfect union Mm -hmm. Mm because it seems contradictory right right like like your union implies the word union implies homogeneity of some sort Mm -hmm. um but individual is by definition exclusionary right yes it is (laughs) it is contradictory yes so why would anybody thinks why would anybody think that that would work Hmm. Like, that's the interesting, like, to me, that is at the core of the American experiment of taking two things that seem contradictory and making them work together. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, if I wanted to use a metaphor, it's kind of like how you get water. Oxygen and hydrogen are super reactive elements, but you put them together and you get the least reactive substance that we can find in Mm -hmm. a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, did we make water or did we just pretend we made water? Yeah, because it's only been a few hundred years now. Right. And uh, even though we've exhibited tremendous economic strength and military strength and we are a world power. And cultural strength, like, dear God, the cultural But that's all of... been in the last, like, the amount and the, and the veracity of mm-hmm. it has only been in the last hundred years. Right. Maybe a little bit more than that. Industrial revolution helped mm-hmm. with that. Sure, sure, sure. Like, um, st- we became an economic powerhouse, um, you know, in... Um, well, basically towards the revolution, we were always, always yeah. able to produce a ton of capital mm-hmm. um, for other countries and then for ourselves. Um, but so we grew from there. But literally as a, as a nation, it's only been 200 and some odd years, like as an independent nation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like 200 and a half, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
you know, is, uh, I mean, another question that one could raise is, is this enough time to be able to assess it? True. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people out there who don't think it's the correct way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they point to other systems of government and say, we should do it like that. Um, and our government has, or our system has not been kind of um, around very long, but it has caused a lot of stir in the world. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> Um, so we are kind of unfortunately in this time period now and we can't really wait to assess it down the road. Spotlights on us. We might not, we might not make it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I mean to debate whether it's the right time to, to see if it works. I mean, the thing is it is working right now. Mm -hmm. It is a thing that is happening and it has been happening for some time. So I think it, it makes sense to criticize it. Um, and to, um, well, let's like check around the car and like, kick the tires let's see if it works come right. on let's see how let's see how it's running and i guess for me the other the other half of that question is like you know if if we if we can agree that we kind of don't have a choice but to try and assess it at this point just because of how much influence it has over global mm-hmm. events right um is it the values themselves or is it our application right as as in terms of what is what's working right or what's what, not working either one either one okay like is it are is the it, values not up to up to snuff right now or mm-hmm. is it how we are applying those values up not up to snuff right okay because like i'll and i'll get more specific like let's talk about the pandemic so yes i think that's a good <laughs> i think it's a good um thing to refer to because we're right. all <laughs> we're surrounded it. by it right now and uh we can probably apply some of these concepts more easily and right. with examples right so uh, in general, like, you know, I, when, when people are critical of what is happening and understandably so in terms of how America is handling this pandemic compared and they usually do it in comparison to other countries. Right. And there's a lot of metrics that you kind of have to equalize for and yada, 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 because America is very different from most other countries in terms of size, in terms of whatever. But for me, I want to focus solely for the purposes of this, uh, exploration. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on how America operates compared to these other places. Sure. Right. So you have a federal government that has some power, but it is very much limited by the fact that the states also have powers. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I can say this from the perspective of I actually have we both know him, but we have a friend that's very heavily involved in government and military and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. And uh, often <laughs> I've heard him say, like, he's like, honestly, like federal people can show up. But if the state decides like they don't want to have you there or they don't want you to pass, like there's really nothing we can do. Mm. Like we're told like he's like, I, you know, he literally like there's people that have from the federal government, like in the case of a crisis. They have a special type of clearance that allows them to get past like any sort of roadblock or whatever so they mm-hmm. can get to where they need to go. Right. And he's like, yeah, they just give us this. But like, <laughs> but like if, if I went to a checkpoint and the cops are just like, yeah, nah, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> like, even though I. So he's saying, oh, is this from a military standpoint or just anyone in the federal level who. Anyone in the federal level. Basically part of the executive branch, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I buy that. Like, I know he said that, but I don't know. Because, like, I feel like... Um, I guess what he's getting at is f- not that they don't have the right to, but that it's very... It's almost impossible to the enforce. The state has the right over their own 
Is over their own jurisdiction. Yes. During their own jurisdiction. Okay. So, and so, it's very hard for the federal government to actually enforce the fact that they technically, like on paper, they can say, I can go through this blockade because right. I'm a federal whatever right. and I'm this important. But like if huh. they were to deny you, it's functionally impossible for <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I I can't I can't speak to this too much just because mm-hmm. I don't know. But like see what right now is what's happening in Seattle where we have federal police um or federal I don't really know what they are, federal mm-hmm agents sure we'll just call them agents people who are um <laughs> right. going into seattle and, and enforcing um some sort of law and order mm-hmm. against protesters slash um uh what's the word when you're rioters thank yes you. there you go thank you to myself thank you to yourself i thought about it um <laughs> no but they're going in and and from what i've been able to hear and i obviously i'm not in these mm-hmm. rooms having these conversations with the state governments mm-hmm. but from what i can may be able to hear the states aren't the state itself is not welcoming the federal right. agents into those places. Um, that being said, I don't know what that they're actually doing with like they're just saying that out loud and mm-hmm. saying like just to, for PC points like, hey, uh, we don't we don't really want that here. We don't mm-hmm. like your kind here, you know, or, and I or think it might but they're be, allowing them in either way to, to, to I just, but I don't know if right. I buy. I don't know. I understand that's what he's to saying. Count, to counter what you're okay. what you're okay. bringing up. Uh, I know. And I think it's Portland and I could be wrong about this, but I read an article. Oh, am I saying the other? Oh, it might be Portland. The other the other day, I read an article about how yeah, the I think it's the district attorney of Portland, or of that state, I guess, whatever. That's Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Yeah, there we go. That's not um, Washington or Seattle. Yeah, my um, bad. They're close. <laughs> is actually going to prosecute those agents? Like the fact that she like clearly okay. I mean, either it's a political move or, and I haven't looked into yeah, the legality I of this, but like know. if she actually has the ability to prosecute federal agents under state law then to me that kind of shows you exactly how much mm-hmm. power the federal government has over a state mm-hmm. because like, yeah, they walked in there and they did this, but like if the state decides I'm wondering, that they want to go after them for it, like right. they have an apparatus with which to do it. Right. And you know, I'm not saying that that's perfect. <laughs> um, but Either way, in the in the general handling of all of the pandemic stuff. Sorry, we, we went off on this tangent. Yeah, I just don't know. I yeah. don't know about that. And I'm not and I'm not claiming that I have complete knowledge over that either. I'm just going off of what I've yeah. been told what from you, somebody. What you've heard, yeah. You know, in this world. So, um, and uh, but you know, it's uh, it's a situation where the federal government only has so much control over how this is handled, right? Because at the end of the day, the states decide for themselves what sort of mandates. Yes, the states will decide for themselves what they want to do in in response to the virus. Right. Uh, in, in, well, in response to anything, but we'll just stick with the virus for now. Right, yeah. Yes, to, yes. Mm-hmm. And so what I see often, and even what came up in a recent conversation in my household, is there is a, because people are concerned, people are worried, this is a crisis, right? Mm-hmm. There is an instinct to because they want to protect life and they want to protect the health of people and themselves. Uh, there is a desire for a more forceful measure to be taken. Right. Yeah, for sure. Especially. Yes. In regard to this virus. Yes. More mm-hmm. people are on board with that idea. Right. Yeah. And the question like and whether or not you want to, you know, argue that. Trump has handled this and his administration has handled this perfectly or whatever mm-hmm. is kind of irrelevant to the fact that at the end of the day, what you're asking for is more heavy handed measures to be taken in order to combat this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the argument that I'm seeing is like, and 
it is some to some degree a cultural thing as well and we can get into that like there's a lot of because of the internet and twitter and all these things like there's a lot of people in other countries like germany and whatnot making comments like yeah we don't have an issue with this virus right now because when we were told to wear masks everybody wore masks yeah right and what happened in america a big in large part due to people's interpretation of american mythos is that they went wearing a mask is an infringement on my liberties i the government can't tell me to do that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the question is to me who is like who is in more alignment with or is anybody really in more alignment with the actual values in this case is it the person arguing for their right to not wear a mask or is it the people arguing for the in this case it would be the federal government that you're really asking to do something Mm -hmm. the federal government to enact some sort of more stringent mandate some forceful mandate to make sure that people are doing what needs to be done to keep other people to keep everyone safe right right and so to me it's like we're reaching in this instance which is a very unique instance like this is Mm -hmm. i don't know if the founding fathers were considering pandemics when they wrote this (laughs) but like um but the question is is this one of those things where we either are we willing to pull back on individual liberty in order to have more communal safety in this case and what are the implications of that Mm -hmm. or is this just the price that we pay for having liberty right and is that a price that we're willing to pay Mm. so when it comes to the individual's right to Mm -hmm. question especially let's just keep with the pandemic the mask thing where you know states can't or governments no matter if the state or federal can't Mm -hmm. require me to wear a mask because that infringes upon my rights Mm -hmm. um my personal argument against that is by you not wearing a mask and understanding and and knowing the the signs that we know now and understand now um if you don't if you decide to leave your house and go grocery shopping or go anywhere outside where there's other people um, and you are not being cognizant of your distance between others or touching the same things they're touching and all that stuff, uh, you are in effect infringing upon their rights to a pursuit of health or happiness because you might inadvertently spread this virus Mm -hmm. to them. Uh, And it's not their fault. Maybe they're wearing a mask. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Um, but because you decided as an individual, I will not do this, Mm -hmm. you have effectively harmed someone else and stopped them from pursuing their liberty Mm -hmm. in this country. Um, now I understand that, you know, being forced to wear a mask is kind of an infringement on your rights, um, as you know, my, my body kind of thing. This is my, I get to choose what I want to do with my body. Right. Um, you telling me what I need to do is not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but are there there should be i guess some room for like like the same thing with free speech free speech is free until it gets someone killed or get until it's until you're, you're, you're calling for violence right right um uh there should be that limit as well in terms mm-hmm. of your liberty i think you can apply the same rule where sure. it's like if you if what your if your liberty can basically cause harm to other people mm-hmm. what you're deciding to do then that might be the limit that we draw. And 
is that a federal thing or is that a state thing? Um, that's a good question. I feel like the federal government should be enforcing things that basically will, will right. cover the entire country, uh, despite what those states think. Um, but like there, there are limits to that and there should be limits to the, what the federal government can do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this is one of those things where, um, in this instance, it's too important to, we, you know, our economy is in shambles mm-hmm. or is about to be in shambles because I think the, uh, the $600 plus up is done, uh, yeah. this month. So the people who have been able to get by and buy groceries and take care of their families are, they've been okay for now. And I know this is a different subject. What I'm saying is though we are because of this pandemic alone, mm-hmm. we are about to experience probably one of the worst economic collapses that we've seen in our lifetime. Yes. Um, and maybe perhaps in American history, I don't know. I'm not an economist, but just writing on the wall, people right. don't have work right. and people can't buy stuff. And that's how right. our economy runs. Just because the stock market's been doing great the last few months does not mean it's going well as an economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, you in the, by not wearing a mask on in mass, not one person's fault, but if one if several people are deciding not to mm-hmm. wear masks, and that is one of the uh, easily the effect most effective things we can do to prevent the spread of this virus and to prevent, um, well, yeah, the spread of the virus, um, we are effectively destroying ourselves. We are mm-hmm. destroying the health of our communities and our families. We are destroying our economy. Mm-hmm. We are destroying our nation. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I think if you draw the line there, it's like. You know, if your liberty is destroying, in, even if it's not what you mean to do, right? If your liberty is going to destroy what this country is and what the world is, uh, there's a line that we need to draw, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's tough, tough nuts or whatever you say. I don't know. I don't want to say. Well, I think it's say tough shit. Like, yeah. just do it. Do wear the mask. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you can't wear it, like for medical reasons, if that's a thing, right? Um, then practice the other things. Don't go out, uh, have someone else buy your groceries for you. Do those things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you, we as a society can ostracize people, <laughs> you know, uh, socially. And I think we should, um, the government shouldn't do it necessarily. Socially. But, yes. I don't socially, think the government should be in the business of no, ostracizing no. people. We as people yeah. should understand as a unit, um, that this is a very serious threat and already so many people have been affected by it financially. And, mm-hmm. I think a lot more are coming. Right. So anyway, that's that's my that's yeah, my yeah. Uh, ten cents. And so that. I'm gonna two cents. Ten cents. No, no that's, that's I know nothing. That's a, <laughs> I, know I just want to reiterate, like the last time we spoke, um, I would say things, and I never, I don't think I prefaced it with like I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, these are my feelings. Who, who does? So <laughs> we're all anyway. just talking. But um, yeah. Okay. So let me let me push back on that a little bit. Um. So I agree with your sentiment. The general idea is sound, but at the end of the day, what you're talking about is curtailing an individual liberties for communal benefit in, in as you yes, see it. That's and the so, way I see it. And so the question is now, like in the thing is, is what I see is happening is if we're going to do this properly, have this conversation properly as like a country and right. like come to a real conclusion, make real change. It affects nothing about this pandemic currently. Like it's not going to happen fast enough to actually have actionable things. Wait, wait, but what do you mean? Well, the question is, where do you draw the line for that? Because now like one, let's say in the, in the instance of this pandemic, you just go, you know what, in this case, like we have decided because using your logic, right, right. Because what you're doing is, 
damaging to other people. And that's where the line should be, right? Mm-hmm. Now the, the federal government has license to come in and make a mandate that all states have to follow, right? In this instance. Yes. I know what you're getting at. I know. But, like, that's not how our legal system works. Yeah, our legal system doesn't they work They use precedent, way. don't right. they? Right. They yeah. use precedent. So you've set a precedent once you do that, right? Uh, yes. And now it comes down to the definition. Like, you have to define what a pandemic is. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to keep that restricted, yeah, any any administration can claim that something is a pandemic, and then use those and powers. No, they will. I know. Right. You know they will. <laughs> right. These are these are all things like even in the Federalist Papers, they talk about like, yeah, the government will probably try so to they, encroach. So yeah, they have to prove that uh, it's a it's a unique cir- circumstance, mm-hmm. like such as a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to prove that um, what you're doing as an individual on this level with the mask wearing thing mm-hmm. um, is effective and will prevent. Mm-hmm. Or at least help prevent something. Right. Now, I guess that gets a little dicey because yes. you can't really prove too well. Like, if this number of individuals do this, mm-hmm. this will not happen. You can't prove something that's not going to, that hasn't happened it's yet. It's hard to, it's almost impossible to prove it. Um, yes. Yeah, so, but the thing is, people are dying. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I can't speak to like the, the data on this stuff. Right. But, um, I, I don't know how you would write that out in law. I don't know how you can prevent the federal government from using that precedent in the future against mm-hmm. uh, the people that it's supposed to be uh, right. governing. But And let me preface, I should have prefaced all this with, like, this is mostly a thought experiment for me. I wear masks when I go out. No, like, I, <laughs> yeah, no Alec is definitely not an <laughs> anti-mask person. Um, it's more just, it's it's one thing to say as a society, as as a culture, that you should do this. Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different thing when you say that the government, especially at the federal level, now has the right to mandate something. And so like that's that's the real concern yeah. that, yeah, that comes hear, yeah. in is like, how do we use this? Where do we draw the lines? Because like the your same argument, and I know that there is debate about this, especially in like states like California, your same argument could be used for like HIV. Like mm-hmm. if you know that you have it. And you're not divulging that information and you're not using protective practices and you spread it to somebody else. You like that could become easily if people aren't doing that, that could become a pandemic of all all of its own. Mm -hmm. And so, like, does it only apply? Why would it only apply when it's already a pandemic? Why doesn't it apply in preventing pandemics? Mm -hmm. Arguably, that would make the most sense if you're trying to (laughs) make people wear masks all the time. Like, and that's that's kind of I'm Uh just I'm just playing it out. No, I I can see. uh, I know there's a there's administration out right now that loves to (laughs) test the limits of what they can do. um, And that's not the only administration that's done that. So I I think that's every administration since I've been alive. That's true. That's true. No, I, I hear your point um, that is it the federal government's role like in in a dire situation like this where it is crumbling our nation um, in every sense mm-hmm. it, it it feels like uh, the federal government should have. Mm-hmm. should be able to mandate something like that it just feel like it, it should be doing something but mm-hmm. i hear what you're saying like what stops them from doing something that's not in a dire situation um for the nation and right. making people it's the entire purpose of the separation of powers in yeah. our government system yeah. is to prevent that exact thing from happening right and so in and this case to my knowledge no state has mandated masks 
in all places. It's just in public locations. And, right. Yeah. Right. I'm just I'm just saying that. And right each now. state does it differently. And oh, of course, yeah, yeah, every state has their own rules, which yeah, sure. is part of the issue, really, because states don't like they can't shut down their borders. I mean, I guess they could try, but like. <laughs> Like, states don't shut down their borders no, really from other don't. states. they don't. Because otherwise we wouldn't be United States. Right. Um, so, one state can have really great methods of dealing with this. And then the next door neighbors are just like, eh, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then you have movement across those lines. Yeah, and so, so whatever these, that first state did kind it, of is right. ineffective anyway, just because you've got people coming in who... Exactly. So, in order, like, if you leave it up to the states, you open yourself up to that problem. Yeah, which we've been seeing right now. Right. I know Maryland was doing a pretty stellar job with their internal yeah. uh, stuff, but as soon as states started to reopen and we started to reopen, um, it's the numbers started to peak back up a little bit, mm-hmm. and, you know, we are... Um, I, I haven't been down to Virginia. I know you have, mm-hmm. um, but um, from some of the people that I've know talked to, they said Virginia is taking this way less serious than Maryland yes. is. Okay, yes, so is. that's what you that's your experience <laughs> as well. So we're bordering Virginia. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big border. I mean, DC's right in the middle there. We got a lot of people traveling between the states, which is the honestly, I feel like the key reason why yeah. that's happening is because you have DC in between Maryland mm-hmm. and Virginia, mm-hmm. and so many people that are in move both states through that corridor. Move through that corridor, yeah. and I know that. Um, well, never mind. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was my point. Go okay. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just gonna say, like, it's, a, it's a very populous area, and once they opened back up, people just started moving through there again. Um, mm-hmm. And I know PG County, uh, which is kind of around DC, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the most, I think, still one of the most highly yep. affected areas in Maryland. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. So okay, that just you see that happening now. Mm-hmm. This the the. The fact that there's no you know, there's no limits to your movement between states in this country, which is, you know, a wonderful thing under normal circumstances, can bite you in the ass right. when it comes to things like this. And people right now like to lay what's happening squarely on the feet of the federal government and current president. But like it's I'm kind of like looking at it, I'm like, I don't I don't know in terms of what the federal government's powers currently are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what how you could prevent this from yeah. that position because of how things are set up. The only way to do that is to give the federal government more power. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which we don't want to do with this administration. Well, we shouldn't want to do... It, it shouldn't matter about the administration. I guess what I'm right. saying is <laughs> this administration is very unpopular. Right. Yeah, no, no, I get that. <laughs> so a lot of people who would want something more... Like, I want more aggressive stuff done on this on this virus. Or, sorry, on this uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, would willingly give more power to that institution, the federal government. Right. Um, whereas otherwise they don't want to. Right. And that's Um, how you, I feel like you have to think about it. Like think about the worst person that you could possibly imagine in that seat of power. And would you want that person to have this ability? That's how I view any sort of legal question about like changing. That's a good way to view it. Um, I think my personal, uh, distaste for the way the federal government has handled this situation Mm -hmm. kind of is in line with the rhetoric that it's been like basically because i haven't heard that before the, with this administration the denial of <laughs> right. the denial of data and science the mm-hmm. denial of i mean until like literally this last week um promoting the, the usage of wearing masks even not even just like saying this is a mandate but more just being like here no i'm wearing mine mm-hmm. like and i'm publicizing that i'm wearing mine this is the president by the way mm-hmm. who literally just started wearing masks in public um mm-hmm. last week so um i think that those are my just like the complete lack of just um, empathy and uh, the denial of that there's any problem really like mm-hmm. we're, we've got the best numbers kind of thing mm-hmm. like 
up until literally a couple a uh, few days ago hearing that kind of rhetoric and it suddenly changed now that his poll numbers right. have gone way down um it just it, it felt like it wasn't being taken seriously at that level mm-hmm. and it's still kind of not um now should that translate into actual uh right. mandates that the federal government can like just spread across the whole nation i think in this, in this instance i'm I'm still of the mind that we should explore that more deeply. And oh, I'm not against exploring. And maybe it. how we yeah. can prevent that from being used in the future. I, but I know once you set precedent, it's it's very you've opened hard, yourself up. Right. It's yeah. very hard to take power away from someone once well, you've given a, it. Yes. Like. And the federal government has way more power than it as or has it than it ever had before when it was uh, first started. Yeah. Um, or that was originally intended. I feel like from yeah. from its inception. I feel mm-hmm. like the federal government has more power than was originally intended Mm -hmm. and that's a bigger conversation but like you know it's it's one of these things where you know what do what do we value like do we value our i mean there's the classic what i think it's i think it's benjamin franklin you know who who whoever would you know forego their liberty for safety is deserving of neither i believe you're right yeah yeah yeah. And look what we've done. Right. Mm-hmm. And we in these conversations, these criticisms, these calls to action only ever arise when there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I am obviously that, that makes sense. But like, you know, we don't then circle back around and have this conversation when the problem's over. Right. You know, because things are moving just right. fine. Right. Yeah. And so like we we abdicate these things like. I mean, crap, you could look, you could go all the way back to, I say that like it's a long time ago, but you can go back to like Mm 9-11. We handed the federal government a ton of power because we were afraid. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're still (laughs) dealing with it at the, you know, TSA, at the Mm -hmm. airports and all that. We are, we still willingly do it in the name of security. Right. Because who wants to be on a plane when someone is hijacking it? Or in a building, for that matter. Or in a building where a plane's coming at it. Like, (laughs) that's scary stuff. But we have foregone, like, there's so many things that under the the new powers that mm. the federal government was granted during that time period. They've that taken it They've so taken it so further. far. Yeah. They've been able to invade countries, essentially. Oh, and also impunity. invade our own privacy. Our own privacy. <laughs> other countries, uh, we're still in these wars, mm-hmm. like, almost 20 years later. Right. What? After we got them. <laughs> Yeah, mission Quote. accomplished. Like, <laughs> like no, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's a completely can of different can of worms. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's endemic of what I'm talking it's about. In, yeah, like yeah, you're getting into military industrial complex, right. and but like this is these are, I don't know. This is just we pay for all that stuff, man. <laughs> in that, in that is kind of my point. Is no matter what we do, we pay for it, and we have to understand we what we're want paying for, mm-hmm. right? So either no, they're taking our money and right. fighting these endless wars mm-hmm. and taking away your privacy and but we let them we, because we're scared. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole idea, right? Yeah, and we're scared right now. And the question is, is do we let them? Mm. Is it worth it in the end? Right. And I'm gonna sound callous here, but again, this is a thought experiment. I am not unempathetic mm-hmm. to to the plight of other people. Of course, but like the numbers that you're talking about in terms of death, like the question boils down to on, on some level is the thousands of people that have already died and probably will die from this pandemic are, are they is how many people are we willing to let die in order to maintain these liberties? What's the equation? Cause that's what it boils down. I mean, these liberties were bought with blood. Yeah. So clearly we were like at some point, 
people that came before us thought that it was worth men's lives to attain these things. So how many lives are worth to maintain it? Mm-hmm. And that's a very grim way of phrasing it's it. It's a but terrible like, way to look at it. I mean, it is the way, it is essentially one way that you look at it. Right. Uh, that you probably have to look at it if you want to pursue is per- this. Yeah. Nothing, nothing worth doing, nothing majorly if accomplished. If you to maintain the system, right. that is a way to look at it that mm-hmm. you kind of, ne- you can't neglect, I guess. Right. Um, and I'm not equipped to answer that question. Well, I don't, and I, I don't think you are either. No, no, I'm not <laughs> claiming that I am. No, I know you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I, I hear where you what you're. I hear what you're laying out, man. <laughs> um, I guess my my uh, just getting back to the federal government in terms of this, what mm-hmm. their response has been. Um, my biggest thing has just been their the rhetoric and their language and you know the denial of of um, of what's happening almost. And mm-hmm. I think if they took it more seriously and supported. Like, you know, I know the federal dollars go to um, finding a cure or finding Mm -hmm. um, vaccines and stuff like that. And I know that they're pouring a lot into that stuff. Um, I just I I think there is something to be said and that this is a separate issue, but Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for um, being a good orator and making people feel like they're in good hands. Mm -hmm. Like we we spend all this money, we give all these taxes, we are part of this union and dude's just not helping out at all like right. he's in terms of like like i can't look to this guy and feel comforted by okay they've got they've got the handle on this they know what they're doing in terms mm-hmm. of you know they're taking this seriously mm-hmm. and that's all i want to hear right uh, even if they're not even if they're doing the same thing they're doing like at on action level right now they're doing so the literally same thing, nothing could change but as long as you felt more confident about it i am okay. i am admitting that <laughs> i feel like they just didn't take it seriously mm-hmm. they were just always saying it's not as bad it's not that bad it's not that bad it's not bad right and then uh as soon as the poll numbers go down well that's as soon as biden in his basement is doing much better than you <laughs> oh maybe i'll wear a mask <laughs> that's my best impression by the way i don't yeah i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> no i totally understand that that's a dumb thing to think but like just no, nobody, nobody has felt secure. No and one's I, felt secure. And I feel like there was pluses and minuses to that, frankly. Nobody has felt secure ever since he took, law, he took office. And I think that there is both a positive and a negative to that. Yeah. Um, the secure aspect in terms of the pandemic is important. Right. Um, but you also have to, like, and this, is, this was the, the source of contention in the conversation, this particular conversation that I had earlier today, was I was like, well, in order to make people feel secure on some level, that means that you are willing to be lied to. Yeah. Right. Because Yeah, I hear you. Like, that's, that's what it necessitates. I'm like, you know, and I, I use the example, not that I'm trying to be insulting to the American public, but, like, it's kind of like when you're dealing with children mm-hmm. and complicated issues. Like, you you'll don't omit, tell them you'll omit some stuff. every bit of it mm-hmm. because you don't want them to overreact. Right. Yeah. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. Yeah. So, like, if you want to feel secure, then you are accepting of a of a government of entities that are willing to right. at least withhold certain information from you. Yeah. And do we want that? Because I feel like the natural instinct for a lot of people is like, well, no, I want the truth. But do you? Can you <laughs> handle the truth? Can you? <laughs> Damon. Well, it's true. I I know, mean, yeah. Can you handle the truth? I, right. I don't know. Um, uh, you know what? If I, I don't, 
I don't know if you have one or the other. I think you can tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But you can also well, that's radiate why we have classified documents. No, you okay? <laughs> truth. Okay, I'm going to talk about the pandemic. Sure, sure. You can talk about the truth in relation to the pandemic. Understand mm-hmm. that it's happening. Understand like the gravity of it and radiate that as well. Mm-hmm. Like take it seriously. Be like, look, the best thing we can do uh, as individuals: social distance. Wear mm-hmm. a mask when you can't do it, or wear a mask when you're out in public in general. Mm-hmm. Um, wash your hands. Um, you know, all the great stuff that we can do as an, on an individual level. Just keep saying that to people and to understand, like, hey, the, we have to sacrifice. We have to do a lot of sacrificing right now. I mean, our, our um, I mean, a couple generations past mm-hmm. had to do the same thing for World War II. Yep. They sacrificed a lot more. And oh, honestly, yes. I would rather deal with a pandemic than deal with the Nazis and Jap- in Japan. Um you know, yeah, uh, and the sacrifices that you. Americans made back then uh, were incredible. Like not only the human mm-hmm. sacrifice that we had to endure, but like just financial, like everything. Everyone right. at home had to make sure, like you know, they just pared down what they ate, pared down everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really being asked to do that. All we're asked, being asked to do, <laughs> is a few little things to make sure that we uh, don't spread this virus unnecessarily. Um, and I think the federal government has a huge role to play in doing that. They're not forced. I can right. maybe maybe they don't force it in right. terms of that, but maybe they do um, take it seriously mm-hmm. and sort and uh, be truthful about how serious this thing is. Mm-hmm. Don't shy away from the truth on that. Don't try to like you know win over people and saying oh mm-hmm. it's a democratic hoax like stuff like that. Um, yeah, but you know be truthful about it, but also display confidence and not in like blind confidence but confidence like we can beat this thing if we work together we Mm -hmm. can beat this thing if we do these things um i'm asking you to do this and we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. and uh i'm talking to all the governors at all the states i'm talking to the congress people who who represent you Mm -hmm. i'm talking to the senate uh we are all in line we want everyone to be good (laughs) but instead we're not hearing that and this is i know this is my complaint against this specific administration this specific federal government right now um but i think that's how you would handle that because um, no. I, I like what you're saying about the uh, you know mandate. I mean, I don't like what you're saying, but like I understand what you're saying about the mandate, mm-hmm. uh, like idea. If a federal government mandates something and we allow it to go through, what else are we saying yes to in the future? Right. I understand that we you know we've already opened ourselves up to a lot of things in our past, especially after 9/11, mm-hmm. um, in our lives lifetime. So you're about to make a point. Yes. And I cut you off. No, that's fine. No, you you should finish your point. Um, <laughs> however, uh, the even what you're talking about still leaves the door open for the exact same protests against wearing masks, the exact same arguments of it's an infringement of my liberties. Right. I don't have to. Okay. Right. And so does it like community ostracization, which will naturally happen. Yes. But like, that's not a conversation to have shame through the government. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a political I, I conversation agree. at that. Point. I agree. If the government isn't mandating masks and we don't allow them to do that to, to, I don't know, we don't take, we don't give them that extra mm-hmm. thing above us, uh, to, to hold over our heads. Um, it is up to society to shame people into submission, mm-hmm. I guess right. for better or worse. Right. Um, and I know we see that a lot. I, I'm sure you're online. You're seeing mm-hmm. all these videos of these anti-maskers being berated. Right. Um, you know, it is a business's right. And, to, and the other way, too. Anti-maskers berating other people. Of course, yeah. Right. Um, but it, it is a business's right. Like, someone who's an anti-masker, and they're going to, like, a Costco, and they're yelling at 
people. Right. And like, it's like, hey, it's Costco's absolute right to deny you service if you're not going to put up with it. It's also in a lot of states. I know in Maryland, it's a state order, so mm-hmm. it's like not even they. It, even if the company wanted you in their place, right. they're legally not allowed to let you in. Right. Um. So, which that's is a, a separate issue. I know. Which but, is actually, but it it is, but it isn't because in in a different country with different values that company actually doesn't have that liberty to allow you or not allow you correct yeah and like that's something that is also oh, unique it's up to, to that it's up to the government right yeah yeah the government can go business you have to do this yeah it was big news the other day when i think right. walmart had said all its walmarts and sam's clubs and all that are going to across mm-hmm. the united states proper going to enforce right. the mask rule if you come into their stores i know that that, that was a kind of big news and so the question is is it us like that's that's kind of where um what I'm really trying to get at when it mm-hmm. comes to like these criticisms of the government and how our government functions, because yeah. as much as there is individual liberties for one person to be horrible or not follow any sort of suggestion or not mm-hmm. be safe, there are also <laughs> the liberty of other people to operate in such a way that they can ostracize those people, mm-hmm. that they can decide. You know, I don't and. You know, where okay. where those lines are drawn, people argue about, too, because, you know, then you have the the argument of does a business have the right to deny, so, like, does the cake maker have the right to not do a homosexual wedding? Like, whatever. But, like, yeah, that is also, liberty can be a counterbalance to liberty, is kind of what I'm getting at. I hear you. And so, you know, it's it's one of these things where how is is the problem how we are functioning how how we are intended to function the 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 ideals put forward the mythos is that the problem or is it the fact that we have gotten into this scenario where we have in my opinion gotten abdicated ourselves from our own responsibility as free people Mm. because Mm -hmm. we want the government to go do this mandate this or show this sort of we literally talked about this last time like yeah giving away more of our freedoms so that we can say, I think I said daddy government. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, do, do, I feel like we keep every year that goes by, we lean further in that direction where we want the government to handle things well, that we probably we, shouldn't be. We yeah. can handle ourselves mm-hmm. because it's like, if we don't want to be around somebody that doesn't wear a mask and we inject, like, even if there are outliers or minorities that, uh, that don't want to wear masks, right? If, most of us agree like hey we don't know well none of us are really scientists we don't really know whether or not this actually does anything but wearing it is definitely like if it does something that'll protect us and if it doesn't do something it doesn't, then hurt. It doesn't hurt us either it's so like, the whatever. least you could do right like if, if if it wasn't real what have you lost nothing if it is real you've gained so much right like there's no and most yeah. people can make that equation in most people do right most yes. people do yes and so if you stop looking to government authority to ensure that other people do this yeah. and you just simply go, I am going to use my own liberties, freedom of association, mm-hmm. whether you're an individual person or a business or whatever, and go, okay, I'm not going to, in this instance, associate with somebody who is not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. The problem, like, even though they're not doing it, in terms of public health, the problem takes care of itself because nobody's near them. Well, maybe. I mean, they're near each other, in which case they can get each other sick. But, like... The speed of... of I don't know. Like... Because I know it was 
bungled a little bit in the beginning where we were told like masks don't really do anything they're not effective don't worry about wearing a mask just and that you know, was coming from the scientists home. oh i know i know <laughs> yeah surgeon general and uh dr fauci i know said those things mm-hmm. um and dr fauci has since said that that was a mistake and that mm-hmm. they you know i don't know but um but since then so like what i'm saying is i guess there is some responsibility on the federal government to give us that information and to allow us to make sure choices that are mm-hmm. uh, sound and, and well thought out and knowledgeable choices, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, with this pandemic thing, the thing is, it's just, it could have been a lot worse and we didn't know what it was. I mean, it's still not great. It's really bad, but yeah. it's, it could have, we didn't, at the beginning, we thought a lot of people in our, in our lives were going to die. Right. Um, and uh, the speed of which this virus can move and the speed that you know, we can adapt to the mask wearing rule and all that mm-hmm. uh, are very different. And I think mm-hmm. the speed of the virus, like I think in something as dire as that, I still think that there should be some, and I don't know how to implement it. Right. I just think that the government should be able to take that knowledge, mm-hmm. take it seriously and mandate something that just look, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. This is, this will make sure that we are all, um, safe and we are not hurting each other and that we are not hurting our nation and mm-hmm. our economy and all that stuff. Um, I know I know it gets back to the things we talked about, yeah. but there's something so dire like this where potentially half of our nation could have dropped dead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. Right. Like That's something for me that calls to be a, as dire an action to take mm-hmm. on that level. Um, I don't agree that it should be taken uh, for literally anything else. Um, and I know that states have autonomy, but I think in situations like this, it's it's just incredibly different. Um, and it's not like I don't know. It's a hard balance. It's a strike. hard balance, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just the the virus turned out to be the way it is right now, and it's it's not great. Um, but we didn't know it was going to be like that. We thought it was going to be worse. And also, just as a caveat here. Um, because uh, I have I know people that live in other countries and have been talking to them. Mm-hmm. Not every country is accurately reporting their numbers either. So, <laughs> well, not every state's doing it. Not right, every country's yeah. doing. It. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, a lot of these comparisons to like, oh, these other countries are handling it perfectly. It's like mm. Mm. <laughs> they're not handling it perfectly. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not arguing for that either. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm more arguing that they. Uh, and maybe I don't know, but it appears that they're taking it more seriously. Right, right. On a federal level, or, or I guess a national level, Correct. I should say. Correct. So, um, but that's probably all I'll say about that. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like this, mm-hmm. this is obviously one aspect of talking about. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Right. Of talking about the subject of like, you know, the American experiment. Mm-hmm. Do these values work? Do we like them? Do we think that we need to adapt them, change them, whatever? Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the the thing is, is back to the hypothesis. Is yeah. this more perfect? Mm-hmm. Do we feel like, and I know this is a really interesting, this is kind of a loaded time to ask that question. <laughs> but like, does it feel more perfect mm-hmm. than than what we have seen, what we see before? Like, what what is what we're seeing in other places? Like, you know... Because the other extreme, like, I would say, to some degree, uh, the American values lean on the extreme 
compared comparatively lean on the extreme ends of liberty, right? Sure. They're yeah. kind of like you compared to other countries. Compared to other countries. Yeah. And if you want to take example, for example, like China, it's on the opposite end of that. Right. 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 And what what is interesting is like we don't get accurate numbers. Nobody's going to get accurate anything out of China for mm-hmm. that reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but do we want it handled like that? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm speaking in extremes, and we can come to the middle at a certain point. But do we want it handled like that? Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think anybody can look at what. No, I like, don't want to handle like that. Right. And so brute force, brute force and not being able to watch Winnie the Pooh like no, nobody wants that. Basically, in every level of your life is being controlled and dictated by a government. Yeah, but, no, we don't want that. In but this that country. didn't happen all at once for China. Mm. That wasn't all at once. Mm-hmm. That happened into Greece mm-hmm. little by little. Hmm. I don't know enough about the history of China to. Right. To agree with you. I mean, they were already, to be fair, China already started as a more communal society, like they always have been. Right. Um, but, you know, with the with the introduction of communism, like it was kind of a natural fit. But even though it was a more natural fit to that culture, it's not like the government just immediately took these powers. Right? It. Are you talking about when communism took hold? Mm-hmm. So the government didn't... I thought, I thought that was like a, just how communism was. Is like government kind of controls the means means of productions and you know controls right, all but, industry. But how you get to that point? What I'm saying is how you get oh, to that. Oh, how point, you got to communism? How you got to that point yeah, of yeah. complete control? Once communism took over, it was that way. Right. Okay. That, but you. I, but you I had heard you. Yeah. Like basically, what I'm saying is like a lot of people view it historically, even with Russia, for instance. Right. Like people view it from this perspective of it wasn't communist, and now it's communist and has all this control. And it's like no, 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 no. It started taking control piece by piece before it got to communism okay communism was just kind of like the obvious stroke mm-hmm. like that was the that was the when it became apparent to everyone else mm-hmm. that that is what happened same thing with germany germany didn't take those powers in nazi germany didn't take those powers all at once mm-hmm. it was getting you to agree to just a little thing mm-hmm. and like no, no no i think in this case like for safety i can give this up or that makes sense. I can give this up, and they just keep slowly pushing that line. And what I'm, what I am fearful of, because I personally, I don't know if anybody's caught on yet. I definitely am more of an individualist than I am. No way. <laughs> and yeah, again, that's probably due to my history with a cult, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the antithesis of individualism. Yeah. Um, I'm an individualist at heart. And so I see not just the pandemic. I've I've seen this, in my opinion, every year we have certain conversations that I've noticed people not realizing that they're just inching Mm -hmm. more and more. They're like, you know, let's 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 have the government take care of this. And you know what? I don't think people should have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. And like we have certain moments where, you know, the, the sides get switched where it's like, for instance, in terms of personal liberty like you have abortion rights that argument and like that's a very complicated one too very complicated. because it's like you know the liberty versus the the woman who is pregnant versus the the liberty like life is one of the protections the mm-hmm. like and how you define life matters in this conversation but, right you know these questions don't get asked in in a in a nation that does not value liberty like that conversation isn't a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a 
the powers that be think that this is how it should be done. Right? And the question is, is that is technically more efficient. You can respond to problems a lot faster. Yes. When you do it that way. True. You could. Mm-hmm. You could. You you have a greater potential to do you that. You have a greater yes, potential. But sure. you also have a greater potential to cause harm. And so, like, to mm-hmm. your own populace. Yes. <laughs> because you can act with impunity. Um, and the the question is, have we shown that despite the fact that it requires sacrifices, despite the fact that it kind of allows you, it, it necessitates that you allow people to be harmful to themselves and maybe indirectly to other people, like, is that a more perfect mm-hmm. way of doing things? Mm-hmm. Is it more, and like, by what metric do you do you do that? Because, you know, arguably in a very short amount of time, America became a global powerhouse. Yes. Like, and it's, Definitely, from in terms of economics, like incredibly powerful still to this day. Innovation is super high. Like, there's a lot of things that when you allow f- freedom of individuals, like they people show their potential. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's proven time and time again in this country for sure. And so, and that's, and that to me, I think that's why, even to this day, like, even though there's conversations about that too, like immigration is super high mm-hmm. here because people see that. They see that, like, you know, they feel like I have potential and I'm not able to tap into it where I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm free to test my metal and show, improve my potential in, in this arena. And, you know, if we push too far because we're afraid in these instances, we eventually unmake the values of, of America and we, we start to lose those things too. Right. At a certain point. And so... You know, is it better to have these things as sacrifices in order to maintain that or to maintain it in its current form? Or are we like, how much do we move the the needle is kind Mm -hmm. of the question. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) I'm concerned on both on both ends. Like I'm of I'm of two minds about it, because obviously I'm somebody that walks around and wears a mask. I think that, you know, part of, and maybe that's part of the conversation is like, I feel like the price of my freedom, my liberties as an American is that I act responsibly with those rights in regards to myself, in regards to other people. Like I, I feel like, and I think that this is true in its founding. I feel like I have a duty to do that. Otherwise I have not earned those rights. Hmm. And I don't know if that part is taught. I don't know if that part, I feel like that part has been lost in our culture <laughs> of like, you have a duty. Like, I feel like we have, like, ironically enough, I think we have gone so far individualistic that we forget that we have a duty to other people. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you were instead of, and because now that we've reached that point where we forgot that we have a duty to other people, the only way that we can conceive of getting other people to do what we want or what is smart or what is reasonable is to have the government step in and force them. Mm. And I think that's, to me, that's the crux of the problem Mm -hmm. is that people are not coupling rights with responsibilities in their heads Mm -hmm. because somebody that's taking their rights seriously would act that way. 
just like you're you're talking about a government that takes this problem seriously would act in a certain way right and i'm in to me it's like you know even though we need a government for certain things the idea that we need a government to uh, we need the government to give us accurate information as much as they can Mm -hmm. right but beyond that if you're acting responsibly with your liberties i don't need a government to tell me to do it or force me to do it force it yeah right they go this is smart this will help protect people and i go okay mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to not yeah. protect people i don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah like destabilize the community that i live in because i have the right to right <laughs> yeah so you're laying it all at the feet of the individual essentially yeah not, not all of it but maybe 90 percent of it like, yes i feel like a good portion of this could be solved by people exercising individual responsibility as well as having individual rights and liberties. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that... I, I know for me, like, when we talked about rights in school, in history class, no one really talked about that side of it. Mm-hmm. That rights do, in fact, come with responsibilities. It took me doing my own research and looking into Supreme Court cases, like the draft, for instance... There is a, like as much as there is a, a lot of like even in the if in our history there's a lot of argument about the draft. I'm actually somebody who isn't necessarily anti-draft. I think the argument for the draft is actually somewhat sound. I would agree. I <laughs> a lot of people don't like my opinion about the draft. Yeah. Where I think as an American populace mm-hmm. we would take our the wars that we enter into a lot more seriously and know what's actually going on in the world, and in regards to American foreign policy, mm-hmm. um, if we had a draft instituted because more of our brothers and sisters here would actually be affected Mm -hmm. and therefore we would be affected and therefore we would actually care about what the federal government decides to do with our own people um and so Mm -hmm. we'd have a stake all of a sudden whereas right now we don't know who's out there we know a few people maybe in our lives but um we don't really have a stake in what's going on honestly at the end of the day the american public just doesn't care what's happening in uh afghanistan or iraq or anywhere libya um And it's. I think if they instituted a draft, um, well, technically, I think it's. Did they? I don't think they got rid of it completely. I think it's still the draft. There. Yeah, they just haven't used it. Selective service is around, right. um, but they haven't. Yeah, they haven't called it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. Um, it, yeah, technically, it's still around for for uh, the yeah. boys out there. For the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, women don't have to. Oh, maybe they do now. Maybe they have to sign up now. I don't. When, I'd, I'd have to when I check that. signed up to vote, uh, you know, when you are of age, you as a as a as a boy, you have to sign up for the selective service. Correct. But I don't know if that's changed mm-hmm. uh, since then. I want to say maybe, mm. which doesn't really answer the question. But <laughs> despite that, I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think the draft is. It, it wouldn't be great to be called up for something. Of course not. But uh, but at least it would give us, as an indiv- as as society, uh, part of the society, people in this society the um the knowledge of what's going on in the world mm-hmm. um it, it kind of forces your hand essentially to do that to do that homework mm-hmm. and to understand what are we doing as a nation are we good with this is this cool like are we are we are we really gonna go to vietnam and why are we there like all that right, stuff like right. and even in then when we had the draft i mean you could argue against it and being mm-hmm. like like these these men had to go out there against their will essentially right. and like s- several years into it we everyone knew it was an unjust situation that we were involved with and like why are we there why are we there mm-hmm. and all these protests were happening and it's just like they just kept pushing they didn't know how to get out mm-hmm. gotta save face we're america we're awesome we can't do it like this yes dead is dirty 
you know. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just yeah, went no. on a rant. Yeah, no. That, I mean, that's kind of what the forum of a podcast is for. Right. That, that, that's my opinion on yeah. the draft. Like, and, I, and I think that's interesting because yeah. we agree for different reasons. Because you, oh, pra- you take a pragmatic approach uh-huh. to why uh, the uh-huh. draft is, is a good idea. And I actually take more of a philosophical approach. Okay. Yeah, lay it on me. Um, the reason I think the draft is justified is because of the relationship between liberties and responsibilities. Mm. So I think that fundamentally if you are going to like everything as we know everything in life has a price yes right yeah and so even though these rights are as we as our founding fathers called them inalienable god-given is is more or less what they said um they still have to be paid for because the only way that you have those rights is through being an American. If you're a British citizen, you still don't get those rights, right? Mm -hmm. And so your relationship with those rights is directly tied to the existence of America, right? And so the price that you pay for having those rights is to, when it is necessary, be called to defend a nation that actually defends those rights. Like, it's it's a symbiotic relationship between you and the government sure and so like that's why i think that the draft isn't isn't necessary like obviously it shouldn't be abused but like i think the draft has validity mm, um mm-hmm. because of that it's a duty to the nation to defend defend it essentially right when it needs to defend be- it because if you're not willing to defend it i don't i feel like you are on un- you don't deserve the rights mm. right if you're not willing to defend your rights then do you deserve yeah, them? If you're, you're not willing to defend the apparatus that preserves your rights, mm-hmm. then maybe you aren't entitled to them. Correct. I hear that. I do mm-hmm. hear that. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never actually heard your argument about the draft, and I find that interesting. Like, pragmatically, you're right. It does. It I do. just think more people would care about where oh, we send sure. our boys and girls. I mean, um, I have that same thought about taxes. I feel like taking taxes out of people's paychecks before they get them is a terrible idea. Because if you act to actually, mm-hmm. like, calculate out of your paycheck how much of your taxes actually yeah, you might go. have some questions you would have some questions yes. yeah yeah <laughs> hey that's a good point too yeah no i think because we pay i mean in terms of the western world we mm-hmm. don't pay uh at least in our income bracket <laughs> we don't pay a lot in taxes mm-hmm. we do pay a decent amount but we don't pay as much as other countries tend to because mm-hmm. of just how they're set up and uh but even so the money uh, that i see where i see it going um i'm just like my money i don't want it to be used for that right um and i think if more people uh thought in those terms like these wars for instance like how many years uh how many contractors are we paying how why what's the goal what's the goal are we just protecting poppy seeds for the heroin and all that or are we (laughs) protecting the oil stuff Uh, are we just sticking it to russia and then i still gotta pay this money at the pump like what like if we're doing that like can at least get some of that back like i don't know um I just there's not really like there's not really uh, an outcry for like hey what's going on guys like what are you doing with all our money um, mm-hmm. you know because the government isn't a business it doesn't produce product to sell goods and services around the world <laughs> it takes money from its people to be able to carry out its business mm-hmm. um, not business but you know what I mean it yep. carry out its I know what, what it's meant. doing its activities right um, and uh, that money is generated by us 
that money is generated by us. Yes. So if we're paying for those things, I'd like to know where that's going, and I'd like to have a say in that. And mm-hmm. we do have a say, but as as a, I mean, in terms of like our vote and right, what right. we do and what we what we're <coughs> what we're um, advocating for as a nation, um, mm-hmm. as a people. But despite that, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think. Uh, do you have anything else you want to get into? Uh, well, I, it's more of a kind of answering the question because right now I've been mm. positing angles of right. which you can look at it and trying to play both sides and talking about okay. these issues and the reality is is do we think and we can have different answers on this but like do we think personally that that these values this system that we have set up or not we but <laughs> that has been set up mm-hmm. is it more perfect than what we can see currently in terms of how nations are run in mm-hmm. terms of how cultures are formed right right is it more perfect is the question mm-hmm. are you asking me mm-hmm. my my thoughts yeah um i think we have a system here that is incredible mm-hmm. um the way it's set up and the way that it is basically malleable to fit um, the needs of uh, as it, as society continues to advance and grow. Um, and I think that alone allows it to be um, very useful to us even today. I don't think it's perfect or more perfect uh, mm. right now. I mm-hmm. think it could use another look um, and maybe all of us together as a nation can kind of tinker with it a little bit, making sure that it's kind of up to date uh, in terms of some of these things that we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to uh, corruption in government and how easy it is to, you know, be swayed by um, corporate uh, entities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not the will of the people. It's more the will of who has the money. Right. I think there's some things to look at there because I think, it is not serving the best interests of the people at this point, right. um, as well as it should be and could be. Um, but it does serve, it does still maintain the individual as the, like the height, like the, you can do what you need to do as an individual, as long as it's not hurting anybody, as long as you're not inciting violence. Um, and I think that's very important. I don't see us giving that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see a reason to give that up. Um, but I'm not against kind of looking into the system and maybe oh, okay. checking out and seeing what's updated. Yes. But I think the system allows for that. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, I think it's a good system. It's set up to do The that. system itself is pretty good. Um, where we're at right now with it, I think, can be <laughs> updated and, mm-hmm. and adjusted heavily. So, um, by comparison, since you said it wasn't more perfect, I'm curious. Uh, comparatively, what would you put it on equal footing with in terms of how other other systems what do you mean more perfect like uh, because the way i mean maybe i should have clarified this. So the system itself is i think the system itself is a good system right i don't know if it's equal to any other system or 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 lesser than any other system because the the i guess the way i was interpreting it i can clarify the way i was yeah. interpreting it was that their usage of the term more perfect mm-hmm. is a comparative statement okay. it is compared more to perfect than others more perfect than others. More right. perfect specifically to Great Britain. Sure. Right of the time period. Right, right. right. And so the my when I was saying more perfect, I was saying comparatively. Yeah. 
to other systems that uh, are currently in place. I honestly, I'm not well versed in other systems at this point. That's fair. Um, so I don't know what it's like to live in Great Britain at currently. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have an idea of what it might be like to live in China or Russia. I don't know, but I have mm-hmm. an idea. Um, and other places around the world, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. I've been to England and I've been to some other countries uh, in, in Europe and Canada, but I haven't really explored beyond that. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I right. don't know if it's more perfect. I think they have things that we don't have that I think I would like to see here, but I don't know. Uh, First Amendment, for instance, is not something that you see pretty much anywhere else right. in the world. Um, and I think that's should be heavily defended. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason why we wanted to start talking about stuff. Right. Um, and not, it's not the reason, but it, it's, it's, it, it allows us to be able to right. talk about it these is the, things it, it is openly. the apparatus through which we are able to feel mm-hmm. free yeah. to do what we're doing. I right think now. the United States has probably the best system. I just think it's being it's been abused and been neglected. Oh, that is that's no argument that's kind of where me. I am. Yeah. But again, I don't know other systems Fair well enough. enough. Um, I'm also biased because I'm from here. Correct. Uh, and I and this is basically all I know. All of it's a um, loaded question. My my father is Iranian. He's mm-hmm. told he escaped. Um, the uh, Iranian Revolution mm-hmm. in the 70s, the mid 70s, and um, he came to this country right at its uh, bicentennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always wanted to live in this country, and he's prospered since coming here. Um, he was about to go to jail in Iran for speaking out against the government, mm-hmm. um, speaking out against the religion that took over there, uh, or the the religious. Um, uh, apparatus that's over there, not mm-hmm. necessarily the religion itself, and um, so he knows. And I've grew up with him. He he knows firsthand what it's like to not have uh, First Amendment uh, or the right to speak at your mind mm-hmm. um, without repercussions. Um, so I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I don't know every other country in the world, of course, all their systems, but I do understand that the United States is a very special place in terms of that system, mm-hmm. um, and it's very maybe not as unique as it once was, but it was. Right revolutionary (laughs) (laughs) i see what you did yeah so uh, that's what i would say i don't know what's more perfect than than this system um it needs work it needs help right it needs it needs people who are smart and can and who have ideas as to how to make it better um and we need to listen to them and understand that like you're coming from a different place let's let's figure this out together let's work together to Mm -hmm. make it better because that's what it's designed for i think it's designed to be better um can it be changed easily with these people in power i don't think so but it's not like we can't work towards it right no of course okay um how would you and you don't have to like go into full-fledged detail i'm just more curious uh yeah how would you make it more more perfect more more perfect yeah yeah i i so not my area of expertise but i mentioned before corruption is a big deal um in terms of the Basically, if you have money in this country, um, you have much more influence. You have than power. Who doesn't? Yeah. You have power over how the country is run, um, mm-hmm. and 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 what is what is a priority for our lovely men and women in Congress and the Senate and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are more likely to take on issues and and pass bills that will help out people who you know. Uh, fill their pockets with money right um and not the people who are there in the constituency um who don't have those resources don't have those powers and are hurting and suffering right now 
Um, I don't know what that would look like in terms of policy or mm-hmm. how you would. I'm sure there's many little things that you can do to tweak the system, um, like uh, whether it's campaign donations or contributions, um, looking into that area, mm-hmm. um, looking into um, the lobbying industry and seeing what can be done there, looking right. into how the military budget is spent and how, like I understand, yeah, we probably need contractors for certain things, but how is that, how are those contractors, our contracts doled out? Right. Um, like the no bid stuff and all that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically handing, uh, the government has turned into this, um, basically a blank check for many, many industries and people, mm-hmm. um, where it's just, you know, it uses the money from our labor as people, as individuals, um, to make sure the government's running mm-hmm. and it's basically handing that money. It's basically just like, here you go, here you go to different industries and different groups. Um, to be able to carry out things that they need to carry, all in the name of just having more resources and more money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just doesn't end up serving the people right. um, that it's meant to. So I don't know what that looks like, but that's my big thing, I think. Right I think now. we can be in agreement on that. Okay. It's, yeah, no, I, I I actually have a very detailed set of ideas of... <laughs> of I do. It's yeah. funny. I, I, I just... I have too much driving time, yeah. honestly, <laughs> to think about things. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I have a whole detailed thing about money and government Mm -hmm. and like at least on the election portion of things Mm -hmm. of like how i would conceivably address that whether or not that idea is perfect or incorruptible would be a different question in the interest of time though i guess we would talk about just things that we would attack Mm -hmm. okay so money and government how that's working yeah um anything else the the big thing for me is education actually Mm. education i think is one of the most fundamental things i don't even have a word for it but they're like it's one of the most fundamental things in terms of making sure that your populace is able to parse out what is happening Mm -hmm. right and one thing that i have definitely noticed uh in the fact that i've you know since even while i was in school doing my own research on certain things and getting different perspectives. And like, there's even arguments made by, you know, organizations and activists like the BLM where it's Mm -hmm. like education doesn't cover, Mm -hmm. you know, certain aspects of our history and these perspectives. Yeah. Um, and the way that it's taught, like there, a lot of, a lot of the problems that I see in, in fraying edges that I see of our society and even the way that our government is run is, due to the fact that we do not have an education system, in my opinion, that is designed to uh, empower an individual to be a competent member in that process. And so I think when you have that scenario, you're inevitably going to get these sort of corrupting influences because the, the, the people, like the way that it was set up is like people, the populace, the governed, are supposed to wield their consent in opposition, in most cases, to the government. Like, that was the idea. And so when you weaken the people, the government has less force going against it. And so, the, the to me, one of the first and probably most deadly ways to strengthen a people is to make them educated. And not educated in the way that I want them or what this other group wants them. Like, people understanding how to think first and foremost. Mm. 
how to think through things because it's not about Critical. knowing facts. Yeah. <laughs> it's knowing how to interpret information. Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to come to a conclusion. It's knowing how to consider all sides because I mean, most of what I know you and I see, and we talk about it all the time with anything, whether it's conversations, political discussions about the pandemic or race relations or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mostly people just repeating information they're regurgitating things they're not processing yes yeah (laughs) they're not critically thinking about what's happening and maybe have what their thoughts are Mm -hmm. uh, despite what is being laid out in front of them in Mm -hmm. terms of opinions yeah yeah and i think that that needs to be i don't understand i mean i i have my own theories but if you are trying to make a more perfect union Mm -hmm. i don't understand why you would not start with making critical processing critical thinking Mm -hmm. metacognition a key aspect of your curriculum from the beginning like not just if your goal is to make a more perfect union sure right i don't know if that's the goal (laughs) anymore anymore by those who are up there in power right now in terms of government power but yeah Yeah. no that's a good thought that's a good thought i mean being able to critically understand or critically think Mm-hmm. Uh, through a subject and to form an opinion uh, on it despite what others are saying and to be encouraged to do so i think that's another aspect sure we yeah. need to be encouraged encouraging to do others that. to think th- freely right yeah we don't have to agree omid and i don't agree on everything <laughs> we agree no. on a lot of things no i mean we, like, we kind of displayed that earlier a little bit yeah yeah and so it's like but I respect like the the per, the more perfect society mm-hmm. is one in my opinion where despite the fact that you and I don't agree on something I can respect and understand your processing of it mm-hmm. right? right and you can respect and understand mine yeah. and we don't have to come to the same conclusion but mm-hmm. we both know that we're doing that in earnest with mm-hmm. good intentions right i'm not immediately assuming that because you disagree with me that you're an idiot or that you're part of this yeah. whatever yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's not me thinking right you're reacting again which is Mm -hmm. the whole theme of our last episode (laughs) don't react think critically about what's going on and Um, to me like that is like if you could do that effectively uh, not that it would completely eliminate it but like even the corruption in government would be harder to accomplish i agree i agree yeah it gives you more of a stake of in what's going on too Mm -hmm. so you're more likely to combat that sort of thing yeah yeah okay so it sounds like you are of the mind that the government or the apparatus for the united states as it has been designed Mm -hmm. is the more perfect union of all unions in the world i would i would say so i would say so me for me personally yes i i think that it is from from and i can break down the metrics by which i assess that for other countries but like for for me personally, I I believe that it these the foundation whether or not it's being like I'm not speaking solely on the execution of it currently because definitely right. we've just talked about things that I would change yes but but if I'm looking at that pre, that that constitution mm-hmm. the preamble the Federalist Papers the Declaration of Independence like these ideas these values this structure has yielded something that I don't think would have been capable otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is by 
a lot of metrics by most metrics better than anything that existed at the time. Uh-huh. And I think that even now when you're looking at other, like, for instance, Western countries that we point to and we say, well, they have this and this is better. And I'm like, they got that by purchasing certain aspects of what we've done. They weren't that way to begin with. Right. Yes. Right. And so for me, I think that the foundation of it is more perfect. Mm-hmm. And do we need to do some housekeeping? Yes. Yes. Because the potential of the system is great. Yeah. It's just not fully being utilized right now. Correct. And I think that's where, I think we agree 100% mm-hmm. that the system is, has potential. Yes. Has a lot more potential than any other system that we are aware of. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're good. We're not good, but we got something good that we can work with. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, yes. that's the point. It's worth working with. It's not something that mm-hmm. you should throw away, which, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. It's and not worth tearing down to rebuild something else. Right. Uh, I think the system allows for an evolution. Yeah. That, radical or not, I think it allows for it. But we've And we've seen that. There's evidence of that in the history right. of the nation. Like, there were slaves. Mm-hmm. And now there are not slaves, at least. I mean, I know the, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, the 13th Amendment. But the argument about the prison system being basically modern yes. slavery. I haven't seen it, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Uh, I know a little bit yeah, about it. Yeah, so in the, at least in that sense, there are no slaves. Right. There is some argument right. to be had. I'm definitely not pro private prisons. I think it's a. Yeah. It's a. Oh, I think we're opening yeah. up a can of yeah. worms here. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. But okay. Um, we have we have the ability to mm-hmm. use this system to make the changes that we see fit that need to be changed to make that system more and more and more perfect. And I think what we need to make that the case is a better understanding of what our responsibilities as individuals are right to ourselves to each other okay and if we have that more solidified in our culture like i don't know if that's something that's going to come from the government per se yeah. but like if it we has have to the, come from within right. the nation right the heart of the nation which is us our, mm-hmm. the people um okay yeah so uh from here on out i guess people need to just uh Figure out what their rights are. See, mm-hmm. you have a better understanding of, um, as uh, as a citizen of this nation or someone who wants to become a citizen of this nation, what has what are your rights? What are your duties to the nation? Mm-hmm. Um, and really develop a good understanding of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do it. I think you've done a lot of research into it. I, I have not done as much. Um, I'm curious though. It's opened up my mind a little bit to. Uh, you know, especially in regards to this pandemic, it's a very extreme example, but it's something mm-hmm. we're dealing with, and I'm wrestling with my own thoughts on it. So I think it's this is a good conversation, mm-hmm. and I think people should uh, continue to after this to think um, and to find and research these ideas further. Um, do you have any places for people to go look to understand maybe more where you're coming from? You talked about the Federalist Papers. Yes, I mean I think that is a very good place to start mm-hmm. for one, uh, because one that's a lot of reading to get through, <laughs> right? But two, it's it's literally the people that drafted these ideas, sure, working where they're them coming out, from, where they're coming right, from, right, understanding right. the purpose behind them, yeah. Um, and so that that's a great place to start. There's a there's a few I, I would I would look up. Uh, there's a few constitutional scholars. There's, um, I, uh, there's actually one right now and it's, and it's interesting. There's, uh, something that's more current. New York times mm-hmm. is doing a series. I think it's called 1619. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And even though there are things that I would contest in that, 
it is an interesting perspective to take. Um, it, it's something that if you're going into it critically, I think it is very useful mm-hmm. because it is basically taking the exact same history and kind of being hypercritical mm-hmm. uh, from a particular perspective. Right. And I think that that is that is something that should be done too, is like looking through the deliberations of the first American Congress similarly has all of these like these arguments that these men laid out Mm -hmm. with these different incentives different ideals and like hashing this out and eventually coming to some semblance of a consensus like we for me i think that starting there but then also enacting that process within yourself yeah is is the only way to move forward so like even how you choose news sources yeah listening to cnn and fox news and i know i would listen (laughs) to neither (laughs) They're just wrong. <laughs> no, they'll give you basic things, but well, they'll give I, you perspectives more than anything. Right. And, like, that's, I don't know, in terms of being actually informed, I'd say do your own research. But, like, yes. in terms of seeing how two sides argue a point. Right. And going into it that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding that this, at its core, what makes this process beautiful is that it is a constant discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And that power really comes from you. Mm-hmm. And you just have to understand that and take hold and uh, use that as leverage. Yeah. You have power. Yes. And all, us as a group of people, I mean, we talked about this a little earlier. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how ants, you know, they're just so <laughs> lame. Uh, we hate ants uh, so We hate much. ants, but like they're so, like they're so incredibly powerful as a unit or like, mm-hmm. as a, as, like a, as a team, essentially mm-hmm. they're, they're just really good at organizing and they can conquer areas and, uh, by num- sheer numbers alone and mm-hmm. through organization. And that's what we need. Um, we need to kind of take a note from them and be like, you know, we empower ourselves with that knowledge, empower ourselves with the understanding of what we have the right to do and, um, how we can leverage that for to build and continue to build and evolve our union mm-hmm. to make it even more perfect. And that's, and I think, yeah, to what you're speaking to is it's like, we need to be a union in our minds. Like it's not just a union on paper. Like mm-hmm. we have to understand yeah. that whether or not somebody voted for Trump, whether or not somebody is wearing a mask or whatever, like we approach these situations understanding that the goal should be for all of us to be a union, mm-hmm. to work together to a greater end. Right. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. And we're all in this together, whether um, we like it or not. Whether yeah, whether we agree or not, <laughs> but it's always coming from a place to be better um, mm-hmm. for all people. Um, maybe not everyone on, on the individual uh, level agrees with that, but mm-hmm. that is what most people are want at the end of the day is to have a better system yeah um and i think that's a good spot to uh Mm -hmm. kind of to end this podcast yeah so of course as always uh we want to hear everybody's feedback on this as many people as possible yeah you can think that i'm dumb or whatever like like i want to hear what people like i enjoy the fact that even our first episode like people are talking to me and yeah the engagement of ideas um which is great we love to um support the engaging us on those ideas um, mm-hmm. and expanding our perspectives um, through conversation. I know we mentioned this before. We'd love to have people on here mm-hmm. um, or at this point it's kind of not doable just because of the pandemic. Um, right. But if this thing grows, which we intend to keep going with it, um, we'd like to have a space where we can actually have this podcast that's not in my basement <laughs> and 
have it in a space where we can invite someone on or, or whatever and maybe have more specific conversations with other perspectives, not just us kind of going back and forth on what right. we think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but if since that can't happen right away, that can happen online mm-hmm. uh, in the DMs or comment section, whatever. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'd say let's go for it and uh, we'll end it there. But feel free to continue the conversation after this is uh, after this is done. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.